Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. My name is Jack and I'm sitting here with Chris. Hello everybody, welcome back. And tonight we are joined by my friend Bob. How's it going, Bob? Good. Awesome. So, yeah, uh, we'll start real quick. Uh, Bob, you are a coaster photographer. Um, You're on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, if you don't know about Bob, like, where have you been? Like, your pictures are some of the best, I think. Um, You've been doing this for, is this three or four years now? Uh, since, I mean, since like 2016, but more seriously in the last like three years. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So Bob is an amazing photographer. We're going to talk uh, roller coasters tonight. We're also going to talk roller coaster photography at the end. Um, but before we get into all that, we have weekly news. I think the biggest thing this week is Intamin decided to copy everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so they copied, let's see, how many different manufacturers did they copy? They copied Premier, Mock, RMC, and I think even Skyline. Uh, Yeah, they pretty much ripped off everyone, which I'm kind of happy about the single rail since I wasn't a huge, huge fan of Wonder Woman. So hopefully we get some of those here and it ends up being better. But definitely interesting considering they used to innovate so much more. Yeah, I mean, they, their their racing concept looks exactly like West Coast Racers just on a single <laughs> rail. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. My big question is, would it have gone up faster than West Coast Racers? Because then we might have actually gotten to ride it. I mean, <laughs> that's not difficult to do. <laughs> that's the truth. But yeah, so the single rail, I mean, it literally looks exactly like if West Coast Racers and the Raptor Coaster uh, got together and had a baby. Yeah. Um, and my, so I'm my really guess is they're probably trying to sell these overseas more in like China. Yeah, maybe. I it's honestly... just it's it's just sad because for so long Intamin was like the in- innovator, and like now all of a sudden they're like, oh, we don't know what to do, so we're just going to copy everything else everybody does. And it's just it's and I don't know it's it's frustrating from that perspective of of you know how long they were at the top of their game, and now they're being passed up by like everybody. Well, that, and even, like, we've seen some of their recent coasters, while they may not be, like, groundbreaking, they're really starting to go back to pushing the boundaries of, like, coasters right. with stuff like, um, oh, what's the Wallaby Belgium one that they're putting in? Right I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, what, that looks nuts, and in the midst of building that, they just kind of, it looks like they just took a step backwards in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now I will say, out of all of them, I want I want to see a Giga splash the most, just because this looks <laughs> flat out ridiculous. It it looks like they took a single rail and combined it, kind of with like a what they had at Holiday World Pilgrim's Plunge. It kind of looks like they just combined the two. Yeah, it, it just looks so weird. Um, it looks very like Roller Coaster Tycoon ish. It really does. This animation actually looks like it could have been done in Roller Coaster Tycoon, to be honest. 
But yeah, this one looks interesting. And then they've got their um, blatant ripoff of the Mac Power Splash, the Ultra Splash. I mean, this is the exact same thing as a Mac Power Splash, but again, looks like they're trying to use like a single rail technology. And then what, the last one, this one, this one is weird. The vertical LSM coaster. The I mean, the Skyrocket 2 ripoff with the uh, upside down launch, that weird thing. Yeah, that one. Um, I mean, an upside down launch sounds kind of interesting, but it also sounds like it could be just a horrible idea too. So I don't know. I'm just imagining uh, the maintenance nightmare that would be if something broke on that launch. Because how do you get up there to fix it? Hmm. That's true. I didn't think of that. Well, and I don't. I think I posted on Twitter yesterday, and I know I sent you a picture, Chris. That yesterday, Lightning Rod they blew one of their stator motors in the middle of the day and had to go work on it. How do you get up? I mean, it's like how do you go work on that if it's hanging upside down? Yeah, so, that's a very. In, I think it's an interesting concept. I definitely think it'd be weird to ride, going yeah. being launched upside down. So. Mm. I just yep. it it's just like I don't know how how you're not going to get sued like unless no. none of these are like stuff is patented your things look exactly like this other stuff. I mean, Golden Horse has gotten away with it for a that, long time. Yeah, yeah, you're true. That's very true. I feel like is Intamin just trying to become the next Golden Horse? Is that their new like mission? I, I mean, I don't know. I, really I don't think that's to. what you want to uh, like. Strive no, to that's be. definitely not what you want to strive for, but, but I mean, it, it looks exactly. Like, I mean, I I don't know how like copyrights and like trademarks and patents for this type of stuff would work. Like, is it they have they changed just enough to get away with it, or is it? Well, I know that the the laws in like Europe are a lot different than the laws in the United States. I know that because um, friends of mine went on a tour of the a mock factory. And they weren't allowed to take. If any of these secrets got out, we'd be ruined. Like they could just copy them without any regard for the rules, basically. Oh, so that that's interesting. Hmm. Well, definitely a lot different than I would be here. I'd say, especially over in Asia too, with how long Golden Horse has done it. I'm sure it's way different there. Yeah, that, I do know. I've read, done some research on like American copyright and all patent laws and all that before. Just like for school and stuff, and they're definitely a lot more strict here than elsewhere. So I guess if Intamin's going for the European market, they're fine. Plus, there's no, nobody here wants to work with them anymore. That's also true. Except, Except for Universal. Universal. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and so, maybe yeah. a little bit of SeaWorld with Pantheon. Although they haven't, it doesn't seem like they've had the best experience with that. Yeah, which is a shame. So, okay. Um, our next, next thing one we have is uh, Possessed. Now, we had one episode where Jack and I talked for like 40 straight minutes about Dorney stuff with this. So, we've talked a lot about this in the past. But the trains being taken off, uh, I think we all kind of saw this coming with the, the shuttle coaster that we uh, saw the plans for. So, I, I guess... think everybody kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, I, I I guess my question though is why were the trains even on there? Like, if you were gonna take it out anyway, why would you even put the trains back on after the end of last season going into this season? Yeah, that's def. I agree with that. Maybe they put them on because they thought they might be able to run it this year at some point. 
were like, I mean, it's not like it's not like you were like showcasing it to sell it to somebody. Like they know what yeah. it is and what it does. Yeah, I I agree. I definitely it they could just very well be giving up for it on the season and just deciding to take it off again so that the trains don't get like. I, I mean, I guess they they're exposed to weather anyways in that station, but they don't get exposed to more of it. But I also no. think with all the rumors going around of them taking it out, it's very well possible that this is the end of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Which Michigan's is... Adventure will get a new coaster. Right. Yeah, you know what they're going to get? Possessed. <laughs> they're going to get possessed in Wicked Twister. They're going to put them over a lake and they're going to do they're gonna get po- They're going to get possessed, but it's not going to be fixed for them and they're going to have to figure it out themselves. Hey, that worked pretty well with Thunderhawk because it's the best <laughs> I've ridden. <laughs> It's actually very good, yeah. I I would ride that actually over some. There, are, I would ride that coaster over some others by better manufacturers. But I will say, Shivering Timbers is worth the trip to Michigan's Adventure alone. Even though it's Michigan's Adventure, that that thing was incredible. It's I'm one of those people. I get with my family living up there. I've gotten to ride it so many times, and I just everyone that I talk to about that, it's like you have to go ride this coaster. It's something it's, special. It was nuts. It's sad this year, too, because I was, like, all gung-ho about going to maybe get to ride it, and they're like, oh, we're just going to open the water park. Yeah. So, that's that. Um, next one is um, reservations not required at Kings Island, Cedar Point, or Worlds of, of, or worlds of Fun anymore. Um, I think there's good and bad in this. I think first off, it depends on what they change the capacity to. Because I know that, like, obviously they're still running at a much lower capacity. But you know, was it you know? Because I think Cedar Point, I think I heard somebody that works there throw out a number like between fifty to sixty thousand would be max capacity. So you figure they're running. They were running the first. I think the first couple weeks was like ten to fifteen thousand or something. So you figure maybe they're at like twenty, twenty-five, whatever. But they were telling people that were like complaining, like, what if I show up three hours away and I can't get in? They're like, don't worry about that. It's not going to happen. So they must have really increased it way up. Um, I know from having been at both several times, I mean, Kings Island's pretty much a ghost town, it seems like. I mean, you're not waiting more than like 10 or 15 minutes for Orion even at this point. Um, Cedar Point's been obviously a little bit, you know, hit or miss. Um, I'm, I'm going out there tomorrow. Um, and uh, I'm not even worried about lines or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure there will be, but it won't be horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when we were at Kings Island, but aside from aside from Orion on that first day, most everything you could just kind of waltz on without an issue. Yeah, it was Orion and Diamondback had the lines, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And si- and that was like the first week that it was really bad. And since then, everything I've seen, it's just looks like a ghost town. You can pretty much walk right on Orion if you want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, um, I. I'm looking forward to Worlds of Fun next week because you've been there and I have friends that have been there. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful been, park. It really is. Well, and everyone that's told me is like the place is deserted. There's no one. Oh there. yeah, there was a, a moment when I was standing over in the um the area right before you go like by Patriot where the um the barbecue place is, and I like sp- it was and there's the middle of the day. It was like one o'clock, and I like spun around in a circle and I looked around and I'm like, I'm literally the only person in this whole plaza. Like, what is happening right now? And um. Yeah, I walked on to give you an idea. I don't know if I, I was I was talking to somebody. I don't know if I was talking to you, but uh, the first three rides I had there were all Zen rides. 
And then when I, when, I rode, when I rode Mamba, I was in the front row and there were two people in the back row and that was all that was on the train. Prowler <laughs> was the only thing that had weight. And you want to talk about a, a coaster being out in the middle of nowhere. Prowler is in like the farthest back in the park you can go and it's, it's like ridiculously hard to find. I thought Mamba was really hard to find when I went earlier this year too. Because like, yeah. I tried going down near like where that outdoor stadium thing is. And I was so confused. Yeah, well, it's because it stretches so long along the outside of like the outskirts of the park. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, you know where the station is. But like, it's like, okay, how do I keep walking down far enough to get to the station? And you have to go like, somebody told me like, they're like, yeah, just go through Planet Snoopy. It's a lot easier. So I cut through there and I was like, oh, okay, this makes more sense now. But yeah, mm-hmm. that the park is like not horribly large, but it is very confusing. Yeah, when when I went, I think everything had like about a 10 minute wait just because everything was on one train and the ops were really slow. But I still had a, a really good day there. I thought that it was a really nice park and Prowler is just amazing. Oh, it's park. awesome. Prowler, Jack, is like a cross between Gold Striker and Mystic Timbers in the sense that like it's not oh. really it's not it's not really like an out and back and it's not really like a, um, a twister layout. It's like a mix between the two and it goes back in the woods some. But like. It's a little bit bumpy, but like not in a rough way. It was it's it's really good. Like if it wasn't for Mystic, it'd be my favorite art, uh, my favorite um GCI. Yeah, same See, here. I, it was amazing. Mystic, I love it, but the one thing I always complain about is I wish it had more twist twister sections to it. So yeah. Well, that Prowler that said, be... after I wrote Prowler, I was like, wow, this is really good. But I the the first question in my head was, I still don't understand how this one best new ride over Diamondback that year. I liked Prowler more than Diamondback. See, I didn't, but I mean, I, I, I love Prowler. Don't get me wrong, but I still like Diamondback more. Diamondback is for is one of those coasters for me that's just always held like a special place because it's just been one of those rides that's always consistent. No matter how many times I ride it, I'm still in love. <coughs> but moving forward, we, we just kind of tangented off on World of Fun there. Um, mm-hmm. The big one this week, Halloween Horror Nights got canceled. I mean... Yeah, but I mean, did anybody expect it to actually happen? I mean, with everything being canceled, I can't see any Halloween events going off at all. I mean, Me either, but apparently, I mean, on Twitter. My, my only thought was like, I could see like Cedar Point, for instance, being open on weekends with Halloween decorations out, but they're not going to actually do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can't. I mean, just the way things go, it just, it, it sucks. It really does. But I mean, it's the nature of what we're going through, unfortunately. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, the whole concept of a scare maze involves people being as close to you as possible at points yes. horror nights has just that cult following that i think most of them have their hopes up still but with it not happening i think that that means next year's will be just way better and they still have the tribute store open which i have to go in next time i go for sure but i've already seen uh on twitter one one maze like that was trying to capitalize i think kind of on horror nights closing that's doing like a drive-through haunt so well, I saw thing. something about that today. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting. I I don't know how they would do that. I feel like whoever's driving would be just too distracted, and that could cause some issues. Somebody's crashing into the wall for sure when they get scared <laughs> from something, or they're running, that's or they're exactly running, okay. running somebody over or something. Florida man yeah. runs someone over and drive through haunt. I can see the headlines now. I don't know if it's a great idea, but I. With Horror Nights being closed, that's probably going to make some good money, I think. I mean, if it's done right, yeah, I could see it making good money. But again, there's got to be some sort of insurance liability with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so 
I'm I agree. I think I don't think any of the haunt style attractions are going to happen. I can see something like what Dollywood does with Great Pumpkin Luminites. I think that will probably still happen. Um, same with Silver Dollar City's event, but I don't see the haunts happening. The thing is, like year. all of these all events, at least at most of the like more popular parks. I'm not sure about the smaller parks, but like all these events bring in so many people, they're going to have to limit capacity again. Mm-hmm. At, you know, and that's just going to be another nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then moving on, Chris, this one's made you happy all week. I know. Oh my gosh! The second you texted me this, I was so happy. Work resuming on Iron Gwazi gave me so much hope. I uh, I went down there one day last week to see it, and they had the crane up and everything, and they also had like signs comparing the original Gwazi and Iron Gwazi. Uh, in the queue that they haven't hung up yet. So I think they're actually starting to put the finishing touches on there, the queue, which gives me a lot of hope when it opens, I'm going to be so happy. Like See, the, the thing they're working on, the thing so I was, you know, I was, whenever he's talking about how like RMC had, had put that lean on them and all that stuff. Like the, my whole thought was the whole time. Like if you have limited capacity, you're not going to open a new ride that is supposed to draw people in. But the problem is the company's hurting right now, so they're going to have to do something to bring people in, even mm-hmm. though they can't bring too many people in, unfortunately. And everybody was like, you know, they're not paying their bills. Well, what they were doing was if they knew they couldn't open them, they were sitting on their money in their bank account, letting it collect interest until that last second when they had to pay the thing. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't see work resuming on the other ones because they probably haven't paid for them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I think, that, yeah, there was a ton of strategy that most people didn't consider. I mean, it was kind of fun to poke. I mean, it's always fun to poke fun at SeaWorld and be like, oh, y'all didn't pay your bills. But I think there was a ton of strategy in the way they played it out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that was the thing. And that's, you know, when everybody's getting upset about like, like um, for instance, um, Great Adventure saying, oh, we're not going to open Jersey Devil till the next year. Well, it's the same idea. You have limited capacity at your park. You're not going to put out this new coaster to try to bring people in if you can't go above a certain threshold. You might as well just wait and say, oh, hey, now we're going to use this next year to bring people in instead. And especially one that's extremely unique to the area, like Iron Gwazi, there's nothing like it in Florida, Jersey Devil, there's nothing like it on the East Coast. Like Orion was in a different case because a lot of people around there were familiar with big steel coasters. So in Kings Island, what was it, the last three or four editions really haven't given them an attendance bump. So it really wasn't, they weren't going to lose money on opening it. Right. So... Yeah, I, I do think though it's nice to see RMC working on Iron Gwazi again. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully riding it in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 my whole thing was I was going to go to Florida at the point. I was waiting once they started doing work on the um, Velasa coaster, if that's what it's going to end up being called. Um, I was like, well, I might as well not go down to Florida now until that opens and Tron opens and all that stuff because it's all technically gonna probably should open within the next year to year and a half so i'm like i might as well just wait and go get all the credits at once when i'm there so and tron ever i think everyone's been so focused on velocicoaster people are forgetting about tron but that ride still i am extremely excited to try that even yeah. i mean the ride looks great anyway from you know seeing the pov and stuff but like just the visuals of it are amazing like when you see it like from the from what's that a shanghai right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had, like I have friends who've ridden the Shanghai version, and they say it's one of the craziest coasters they've ever done, just because of the visual aspects of it. Right, it looks it looks phenomenal, and and the like I said, the visual part of it looks incredible from just from the outside alone, let alone the inside. And then I'm sure the 
Guardians of the Galaxy coaster when it opens is going to be incredible too. Mm-hmm. And then if it still happens, there's also going to potentially be SeaWorld's custom launch B&M surf coaster thing. That thing still. Well, and the thing is, like, I, I, you wonder how far. I mean, you know how far out they they plan three to five years out usually, but like, mm-hmm. you wonder how far out they sign these contracts, like where they have to pay it regardless. So if this was three years ago, they said okay, and then twenty twenty four, we're gonna open this coaster. Or I'm sorry, twenty twenty three, whatever, we're gonna open this coaster. If they already signed that contract. I mean, B and M's gonna be like, well, we're not letting you out of this contract. You're paying us. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- COVID is just one of those things, like, no one predicted this was going to happen. I think it really is going to be interesting to see how the next, you probably could almost argue the next 10 years of investments at parks go because of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to change some things for sure. I don't think we're going to see as many big investments in the next five years. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. going to take a while for these companies to recover for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so moving forward, that was all of our news. So now it's time for uh, Ride of the Week. We're continuing our RMC Conquest. Um, and last week was Twisted Timbers. This week, um, now do you want to spin the wheel and we'll find out what it's going to yes, be? Yes, I will spin the wheel. And this week's coaster is Railblazer at California's Great America. So I can't speak on it. I mean, you've I ridden can, its clones, so... I, yeah. I've, I've ridden Railblazer, so... Me too. Um, so. I liked Wonder Woman better, only in the sense that the ride experience is basically the same. Um, but I liked Railblazer better because... I'm sorry, I liked Wonder Woman better just because it was over the water, and I found that to be really cool. But, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Um, but my favorite part of that ride, actually, is when you're sitting in the back row, um, you, there's a little, like, dip right before the drop, and if you're in that back row, you get absolutely flung out of your flung. seat. Flung like before right before you go over the drop it, it's incredible um and it's it's one of those things that i wrote it the first time i was sitting there going how on earth did they pull this off and how can they you know do this and make all these tight turns and things and make this work correctly and it was absolutely amazing and well i guess one of the things that i was also surprised by was just how good the um how reliable they were they didn't go i was at Fiesta texas for two and a half days it didn't go down well, it went down one time and only it was because there was a power outage in the whole park um and then Railblazer didn't go down at all when I was there, and it was quite amazing. Yeah, um, we'll just throw Railblazer and Wonder Woman together because they are essentially the same ride, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Railblazer has the rock work, which is very cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I liked, I liked Wonder Woman better just because it was over the water. But, yeah, they're both phenomenal rides. And, you know, hopefully that one ends up still going to, what, South Dakota or wherever, North Dakota, whatever it was. And, yeah, uh, well, and Wonder Woman's setting is so fantastic right up against the core wall and, like you said, over the water. Um, and I think another thing I just, I always like to talk about color schemes is they both really do like pop. Wonder Woman's definitely got the McDonald's color scheme going, but yeah, they, both of them did a good job with, with, because I don't know, I, I don't, I don't care what a coaster looks like if it runs well, but like at the same time, like I don't want a new coaster looking absolutely atrocious either. And sometimes Cedar Fair is notorious for putting these coasters in like Val Raven that has like this, like odd color schemes that we can't figure out and Rougarou and stuff like that. Yeah, Rougarou's isn't awful. It's not the greatest. Val no, Raven's R- R- is... strikes me as, oh, hey, we have this color extra paint left over. We'll give you a discount on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rougarou is just the forgotten child at that park. Because it's horrible? That's, you're not wrong. 
I don't think it's horrible. <laughs> the front half of it's fine. The back half of it just beats you up. It just headbanger city. Best yeah, thing I, I wrote it ever one done time, and it. I thought it was pretty smooth overall. But still, my least favorite floorless, just because it, all the others I've done are way better. I agree. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 just kind of there. I think in another park it would be more prominent, but it's at Cedar Point. You've got Valraven, Dragster, and Millennium just kind of surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Like it just blends in with the trees entirely. So yeah, um, yeah. Color scheme, I think, from both the Raptors are good. And like Bob said, I think like the biggest moment on that coaster is like, oh, hold on, is as you're going over that drop in the back row for the first time. It's like, oh, and then you're just hanging there for the. It feels like you're just hanging there for the full hundred feet down the drop. Mm-hmm. Uh. So. Yeah, I've only ridden Wonder Woman, and I thought Wonder Woman was pretty good. It's my least favorite of all the RMCs I've done, but it was still definitely enjoyable. It's ridiculously fast. You get crazy airtime. That twisted airtime hill was probably my favorite moment, but it's just like so intense and so much to take in all at one time because you go through it so fast. And I just found the restraints a little uncomfortable, which is probably why I don't like it as much as like Storm Chaser. And I also thought that it uh, it rattled a little bit on like the lower to the ground transitions, which didn't take away from it too much, but it was definitely noticeable. But either way, like it was still awesome. Great airtime, super intense, ridiculously fast, and it also did have a great setting and color scheme. You're right about that. Yeah, I was told to pull the shoulder straps out a little bit when you're climbing the lift hill, and that takes a lot of the pressure off, and it, it definitely worked for me. Um, yeah. I was, I just remember looking at it going, especially that one section that's like an S where you're just, you're just, you know, flat and it just goes in that like S shape. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. first going, what in the heck is this doing on this ride? Uh, but like, I, 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 in my head, I'm like, oh, they're giving you like five seconds to recover. But, um, th- then you look at it, like the structure of it. I'm like, this is the most like janky, weird, like support system I've ever seen on a coaster. It is so weird, but it looks, it just looks so cool because of the colors and stuff. On the first time you walk up and see one of these in person, it's like that coasters aren't supposed to look like that. Exactly. And I mean, really, it. I, I don't know if it put. I mean, it really does kind of push what coasters like what we thought they could do because it shows that you can do something insanely thrilling in a really tiny footprint. Um. And I, I mean. They're visually striking from pretty much every angle. I don't think I found a bad angle of Railblazer or Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean the problem with it is is always going to be capacity. I yeah, mean, and, and, and Great Adventure, you know, made the decision to go with four trains, and if you can do something like that, and yeah, obviously they made a much longer layout and stuff for Jersey Devil, but um, at a park like a Cedar Point or a Kings Island or something, you're going to struggle really bad if you don't have capacity. Well, and now Magic Mountain might be getting one, and I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Magic Mountain, I mean, if I've they end up too. getting that one, um, that I mean, people have apparently found the blueprints for and everything. I mean, that just feels like them just trying to just boost their count because that's a, that doesn't fit for them at all. They need high-capacity rides, and the Raptors definitely are not that. So, yeah. But I think we've we again we're we're kind of tangenting tonight. I feel like we're flashing back a few episodes, but <laughs> um. So that was our ride of the week. We did Railblazer and kind of Wonder Woman too. So we'll knock both those off this week. 
Um, quick plugs in the middle for our social media because we have no followers at all on them. Twisted Travel. Uh, what is it, Chris? They're on the side, uh, Instagram is at Twisted underscore Travelers, and Twitter is at Twisted Traveler, but the R is a one. Yep. So go follow us there. We post stuff sometimes. Occasionally. Yep. And so at now we weekly. move <laughs> at least weekly. We, 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 we're going to get better. We'll get to a point where we're good at it. Mm-hmm. So now we'll move on. Um, uh, we're just going to talk roller coasters and photography with Bob. So, Bob, before we get going much farther, let's talk a little bit about um, like what got you into coasters and photography. Um, well, so I, I, first, I bought my first camera about 2010 because I was kind of looking for like a new hobby just to play around with something to teach myself to get interested with so i bought a camera i kind of didn't put it on the back burner didn't do, really do anything till about 2014 or 15 started playing around with it again and then 2016 i remember i just met a couple of people that did do photography stuff and kind of got interested in it and i had already traveled all the time to ride coasters but it helped me a lot because like then i wasn't running from coaster to coaster and giving myself a headache after an hour from riding you know 10 coasters as fast as i could or anything it allows me to pace myself a little bit too so about 2016 in like October ish is when I think I started my account. And then, um, just, and literally I just started it cause I wanted a place to, to put my pictures. And then I, no chance that I ever thought that it would grow into what it's grown into. And I mean, the, the silver lining for me is that I've just gotten to meet so many people and, and, you know, from young kids all the way up to old people and just amazing people out there. And, uh, it's been really cool. Yeah, you've. I'm looking right now. You're getting. You're closing in on ten thousand, aren't you? It's like ninety two hundred. Yeah, I'm creeping up there. And I've never would have thought anything like that. Nine nine thousand one hundred seventy five as of right now. Which I mean, that's that's a ton. And then you're as much as you don't really care about it. You're about eight hundred ninety on Twitter. I know you've told me you don't really care about Twitter. I don't really pay. I mean, I, I I auto post to it, and I'll post some stuff on there sometimes, but I don't pay attention to it as much. Um, you were in a different position because that was your only social media for a while, so you had a lot more probably than I did. So um, I'm still under you. I'm slowly gaining. Oh really? I've set I mean, you're, I mean your 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 Instagram's growing fast though. So yeah, Instagram good. is definitely growing fast. I've enjoyed being on Instagram. Um, I've already met a ton of new people, so. Yeah, and that's what I said. Like, it, it's amazing to me the friends I've made and the people I've met from it have been incredible. Almost any yeah. park I go to now, somebody either knows me or at least knows of me and wants to meet me and stuff like that. And it's, I still get like, um, shell shocked by it though, because like I don't, I don't know how to handle like when people are like starstruck by me. It's the weirdest thing because I'm like I'm not like famous. So, like, stop. There- I remember having something like that happen in California last year where someone was like, Hey, I really want to meet you and hang out with you. And I'm like, why? I'm just a person with a camera. It's like, I remember that first time that happened, that was like super weird. And then that, like just kind of tangenting here, that makes me like think about like how it must feel for like Taylor when he gets approached by fans, because if we have big followings, he's got, Oh yeah. No, I've, I've hung out with him. Uh, several times including last weekend and uh it's it's funny to see because he's he you know some people like badmouth taylor and stuff like that but he's a really good guy and he gives he's very very good with people when they when they come up and say hello to him and stuff like he is really really good with people 
And uh, yeah, but you're right. Like, I don't know that like constantly like eyes on me would, I, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable with it. I think. Yeah. It's definitely a weird feeling just, I mean, to have people like watching and following you, but I agree with you. Like, I think the biggest thing for me that I enjoy most, I mean, taking pictures is fun and posting those is fun, but the people are the best thing about it. Um, exactly. Just, I mean, Chris and I have told the story before, but I would not have met Chris if I weren't taking pictures of Fury that night. Um, so that's one of the, that's just one of the things that opens a lot of doors. Um, but let's move a little more. Um, so you've talked about, we've talked a little bit about like what got you into doing it, but let's talk about, so I know you and I have shot our way through a park together before. So I mm-hmm. kind of know what you're like, what you do, but what is a day at the park for you? Like, cause I know, people that listen to this aren't necessarily like what's i mean if if we're talking about me going to a park by myself with the intention of writing and photographing it's a lot different than me going to a park with with friends and things like that who i know don't do photography and like want to ride and stuff like that um most of the time though when i am with like friends and stuff they understand that i'll be like go ride something like i'm gonna take pictures for a while like whatever like and you know they're not offended or anything by that um, for me, most of the time I'll, I'll get to a park around opening. Um, not because I think I need to just because I, in my head, I'm always like, I'd much rather if I'm only going to spend a couple hours at a park, I'd much rather do it early and then still have the rest of the day to do whatever. Um, but sometimes I'll be there all night. I mean, it just depends on what's going on and if my, you know, adult ADHD acts up and I get bored. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it depends like the, it, a lot of it depends on the park because there's so many parks that like I love, but they're horrible to shoot at. I mean, Silver Dollar City now is probably my favorite park, and it's really, really hard to shoot there. Um, yeah, Kings Island, I love. I, yeah, I love Kings Island, but it's horrible to shoot there for the most part. Um, it's because you shoot the same angles every time. I mean, there's only that's exactly it. And Cedar take. Point's getting to become the same way. And I have some ideas about other stuff at Cedar Point, but with everything going on, I can't do it because I, if I'm not staying at the resort, I can't go to the, out on the beach and get anything. And um, I was going to go out on a boat with my with my friends, but uh, they their boat sprung a leak and like fell apart so they have to get a new boat at some point like stuff like that so um you know there's a lot of ideas i have but you know i'm luckily building up enough of a rep with some of the parks that i can get you know backstage access and things like that sometimes but i mean um just walking around the park normally i mean you're just trying to find angles that you know are either good or you know that other people can't have or don't have rather mm-hmm. um you know you you've seen you know, I, I like trying to get double train shots at times and and whether i do that naturally or i have to photoshop or whatever but i, I like sitting there and trying to figure out okay how are these going to time up where will they time up where will it look good at kind of thing um yeah i like trying to get cool backgrounds like the you know the shots with like area in the background at cedar point or the shots from the eiffel tower with the woods in the background for orion stuff like that mm-hmm. so uh, you know that's the stuff i'm trying to look at um so it's just a matter of I don't know. I, I just I like trying to find those unique shots that other people don't have more than anything else. I, I agree with that. I love, but in the same breath, my favorite thing to do, honestly, is I love working with young or inexperienced photographers and teaching them how to shoot and, and, and how I do things. I really, really love doing that. Yeah. I remember like when you get into photography, it's, there's a lot to learn and you can learn the basics and that's pretty fast to learn some of the basics. But once you start getting into the technical stuff of it, it gets challenging and I, for me, and I know you're the same way it's, we're both self-taught. We've pretty much learned exactly 
everything from either just Googling it or playing with the camera or just sometimes happy accidents. Well, and if you're in the, the, if you're in the normal photography world, you get a lot of um, like people that don't want to share secrets and things like that. But I've come to notice in the, in the like coaster photography world because it's such a small like niche community mm-hmm. everybody's willing to explain stuff to you and, and tell you how they did it or where they shot something from or stuff like that like there's very few people i've come across that have been like jerks about when i ask them a question about something um everybody's willing to help everybody else and that's always really cool too yeah i definitely that's one thing i mean when i tell my friends or they find out hey like you take pictures what do you do pictures of and you say roller coasters and everyone likes oh that must be weird and it's like yeah it's an extremely niche community and we're all friends and we all like for the most part we all get along which is yeah i mean then that's like i said that's the amazing thing about it like i could um you know show up um you know at a park and like just randomly meet up with somebody that I've never met before. That's another coaster photographer and end up like hanging out with them all day long and being like, we've known each other forever kind of thing. It, it's, I mean, that's kind of how it was for us the first day. We yeah. Met, I so. mean, there was, there was I literally, literally you walked up to me and there was no awkwardness at all. So like it was, and that's how it's been with a lot of these guys. And, you know, I have a, a, a real close knit group of friends that I've met just through this stuff. And it's, uh, uh it's, it's been amazing. Like, I, I don't even know, like I don't know where I'd be right now if I if I hadn't picked up this hobby because like it's led me to so many different things that I would have never done. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Chris, I know you're being extremely quiet. Do you have anything you want to throw in? Uh Okay. What what got you into coasters itself? Just coasters. Um I mean, I grew up 15 minutes from Joggle Lake, so I spent my childhood there and when I was in high school, I was probably there 3 or 4 days a week and uh I mean, you know the just the like constant going there because I, I didn't really like drive to cedar point or anything very often i went i went like my senior year of high school i went right after millennium force open and then i didn't go back until like 2009 or something um so just having those coasters like literally in my backyard for so long i mean and my dad at the time loved coasters my mom loved coasters so um you know, having them, you know, take me out there, there and ride stuff with me and stuff was cool too. It wasn't as much of an obsession back then as as it is now. I just liked them back then, and now it's just like I want to ride everything. Yeah. Okay. So, like the Geogalate coasters, how do they compare to some others? So the original four, or is it four or five? Uh, before Six Flags took over um were i mean big dipper was just a classic it was very rough though very shallow like um but the thing was like there's a video on youtube of a guy that just straight stands up on it and uh like juggle lake was very lax with their rules um double loop was just a a typical arrow looper just kind of boring um raging with bobs was again another like slow woody that happened to like derail all the time and um then they put in, oh, they had, originally they had corkscrew there, which was pretty much almost the same thing as the corkscrew at Michigan's Adventure. And then they had, um, they took that out, they put head spin in, and which was the boomerang, which was fine. That one actually, um, the one that's at Carowinds now is actually not too bad, especially since they put the new trains on it. And then they added, first they added 
Thunderhawk, which was Mind Eraser at the time, which at the, at the time it was like, oh my gosh, this is sweet before we knew any better about how bad SLCs were. Yeah. Um, and then, and then all of a sudden six flags comes in and they're like, oh, here's, you know, a hundred million dollars, put all this stuff in. Um, Dominator was Dominator was still very good back then. I liked it better as Batman just because of the theming, but it was very good. Um, and then, uh, I loved, I absolutely to this day still love the villain and I wish it would have got moved and not torn down. Um, it was the last couple of years. It was super rough, but, um, it just, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was a, it was a typical, um, typical it, CCI, but just so it was so good. I, it was it amazing. almost looks like a mini or I don't even, it almost looks like a shivering Timber's Voyage style ride from what I'm looking at pictures wise. Yeah, it, it was, really good. it was, it reminds me of like a more out and back version of Silver Comet, but like bigger and faster. Um, and then what am I forgetting? Oh, obviously they put X flight in, which was revolutionary at the time. Um, and now it's a hunk of, I like the, I like the better Firehawk though, because it was like over a field and over the woods a little bit versus at, at, uh, Drug Lake, it was, um, it, you know, it was like over, like basically rocks next to the street. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a parking lot coaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was right there. And then, then they're like, oh, we're going to take this out a year early. And everybody's like, oh, what is going on? And then obviously they put in, they put in Steel Venom, which was, uh, Superman before that. And it was turned into Possessed. But like the thing that was different was they had a hold break on the back spike. So like before they dropped you down the last time, they would hold you up there for a minute. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, the park itself, once Six Flags bought SeaWorld, though, it just got like outrageously large. Like wait, I didn't even want to go there anymore because it was like almost uncomfortable. It was so large. Um, but just in general, like growing up at Jog Lake, when it was younger, like their water park was called Turtle Beach and it was very cool. Um, they had this ginormous wave pool just called the wave that was incredible. Um, it, it was it was quite a place to spend time when I was a kid and, uh, um, you know, teenager. And I was I was devastated when they closed it. I really was because the water park itself was like crappy after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really wish I could have gotten to go to Geauga Lake. It looked really cool, even if it didn't have the greatest ride collection ever just to say that I would have gotten to go there, especially knowing that it's closed now. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah. And it's hilarious because I think I've ridden four or five of their coasters at other parks, but I'd love to have gotten to ride them all at the park that were actually intended for. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the problem with, with, and again, we're going off on a tangent here, but the problem with Jog Lake is the same problem that like Carowinds has is that it's divided in this case, among two different townships, one actually Aurora is a city and then Bainbridge is a township and they fight nonstop over the property. They fight nonstop over the taxes from the property constantly. And like it was almost sold to developers recently because they were trying to buy pictures for me of Jog Lake, which I didn't have, which I outsourced to a friend of mine. But um, at the last second, the deal fell through because one of the two cities was bitching again about money. And like it just they can't even and, and the thing is like if i came up with like a hundred million dollars and said hey cedar fair i want to buy this property and put it in a new amusement park they're not going to sell it to me to put in an amusement park so you know as much as people wanted to see an amusement park still put back on that land i don't think cedar fair was ever going to sell it to somebody to put in an amusement park unless they got blown away with an offer 
Yeah, we're I'm I'm not entirely familiar with exactly where it was in the state of Ohio. Like how competitive would it be with Cedar Point and Kings Island? Um, so it's about uh, let me think. So it's about twenty minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes away from me. It's like like south I think it's southwest. Um, so it'd still be about an hour and a half from Cedar Point and then about two and a half, three hours from Kings Island. Um, and then obviously you got all the other small little parks. Uh, it would be competitive. Definitely. I mean, it would be competitive if it could hold its own. I mean, but you know, anything new that would come in, there would be a small park that would have to build its way up kind of thing. I don't ever, I don't yeah. think, I don't think that's ever going to happen again, but, um, it was, it was very cool to have, you know, a park right on the lake and stuff too, though. Like that was always any park that is built like on water like that. I always find to be really cool. It seems like that was the thing I liked a lot about Lake Winnie when I went there earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I didn't Lake Winnie as a park itself was kind of like, eh, whatever, but um, like, yeah, the fact that it was on that Lake made it so cool. And the fact that they, they integrate the Lake into like their rides really well, like the sky ride going over the Lake and then the water rides and stuff. They do mm-hmm. a really good job with that as well. And I, I found that to be really fun. That was the park where I wanted to take pictures of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the their wooden coaster with that cannonball. Remember. Yeah, yeah. So I want to take pictures of cannonball, but like obviously it's in a really bad spot. So I, I asked the guy that was like guarding the water park. I said, "Hey, can I go see if they'll let me go up on the water slide?" And he's like, "Yeah, they will. Just tell them." So I did that. I went up on the water slide. And when I came back down, the guy looked at me and he's like, "You can take your your camera up on the drop tower with you if you want." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that's really what I'm gonna do." <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Just don't drop it. <laughs> Yeah, that that's one of those things. Talking about drop towers, like one of those bucket list things is I want Dollywood to let me take a camera on drop line, and I they actually can run it in an observation mode. The park has confirmed this that they can run it like in an observations tower style mode. Like just put. It did in you ever that ask? Mode. Did you ever ask like Amber, Amber or Wes about it to see if they'd let you do it? I'm like, going to send like them before, an email. like before the like one day before the park opens or something. Yeah, I'm gonna send them an email. It's like. Because I really want to get a picture. I want the picture of Thunderhead looking down on Slayout, and I want a picture of Wild Eagle with the mountains in the background. Like those are two. Yeah, I would. I would have loved. I would love to be able to like climb to the top of the hill, like where Wild Eagle's lift hill goes, like drop is, and just mm-hmm. take pictures from up there. I always like laugh when you see that picture on their on their website of Wild Eagle and like with all the mountains in the background. I'm like, okay, this is so photoshopped. It's hilarious. I know it's. And everyone looks like, like how did they get that picture? It's yeah, like, well, it's this <laughs> wonderful <laughs> tool called Photoshop. Yeah, I will say um, I was actually in some of their offices today um, and they have some pictures of the train during the winter that they pulled the train out and put it on the track while it was snowing. And it was one of the most beautiful pictures I've ever seen. I was like, can I come to so every like that? Every winter event I've been to, I've been to, um, to uh, winter chill out the last four or five years and i've been to the one at kentucky kingdom or um, yeah kentucky kingdom the last two or three years and a couple other random ones here and there every time i go to a park for a winter event it's like 60 degrees or warmer in like february or january like i can never get snow pictures on the track it drives Mm -hmm. me absolutely crazy it's the one thing i want and i can never get it i I, i'm gonna send my friend a text this winter when i know it snows like hey can you just come let me in the park today and just let me walk around and take pictures while it's snowing but yeah, the yeah, getting that, pictures from Dropline is one of the bucket list things. And I do just want to email Best and Amber and be like, can I do this one morning, please? And the other thing I want to do is 
more for actually more for personal reasons than for pictures because I want to climb Wild Eagles lift hill. That's what I'm saying. Like that'd be unbelievable. Yeah, there, that'd be awesome. I've actually think about that. Like, what are the bucket list shots for me at that part? Because I've taken every conceivable angle from when you, the rounds. When you go to Silver Dollar City and you ride Wildfire, when you get to the top of the lift hill, just look around and you'll be like, oh my God, if I could climb this lift hill, I could have every picture I ever wanted up here. I'm seriously like considering just sending an email to Silver Dollar City and being like, can I go behind the scenes of Outlaw Run, please? Just and seeing uh, if Taylor, they Taylor, Taylor was back there today because he sent me some pictures and he said, he said, yeah, he's like, um, I thought we'd go back there like to like do the RMC interview with the, the guy that's the head of the park, whatever his name is. And um, he's, he's like, uh, he had to crawl through like brambles and stuff to get back in the woods far enough to take any kind of pictures. He said, that's how like crazy back, like back it is back there. Um, hmm. You can't get anything from inside the park about or run if you, except for on the train. And when you take the train, there's like a 15 minute like cut scene of these two guys going through this stupid like, like joke thing. And it's horrible. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> bad. Well, I know our we're meeting our friends that have a plane there, and they've agreed to. Um, I think he's agreed to fly us around the park so I can get some aerial that's a, pictures. That's awesome. Um, I think also our Airbnb has a view of wildfire from what I've seen. So, wildfire is the one like you can get pictures of because of the like exit platform. The sunsets um, look insane. The one I saw well, some well, of your pictures. Is, well, the problem is the sunsets. Like if if you're looking like. If you're looking at the station, like where I took that picture through the station, the sunset's mm-hmm. like behind the station that way, and the co- the coaster's all like to the left of that. So like you can get the colors in the sky, but you can't really get the sun itself. Oh, uh, I mean the colors are really the pretty part. I mean the sun's nice, but yeah, I'm still That's I'm still it. looking forward to it. But yeah, I I want to do that, and I found this one. There's apparently a place where you can see time traveler from a road that. Chris was telling me about. You can look at it in our chat right now. Yeah, yeah I, I saw it. I saw it when I was standing in the station. I didn't know if it was a actual road or if it was a uh, a service road, but it looks like a normal road. I took that off Google Street View. That screenshot is from Google Street View. So, yeah. The, so, yeah, you can uh, definitely uh, probably go back there. I don't think it's a private road or anything. So, no, um, it's public. I think you have to drive on it at some point. But yeah, time traveler, time traveler in the back seat. The drop is insane. Oh boy, and then, like I said, and then we rode it in the front seat. And if you ride it in the very front seat, you go over the drop completely backwards, and it was insane. But like I said, outlaw run at night is the best night ride I've ever had on anything. Well, Chris, do you you want to talk about time traveler? Time traveler is the best coaster in the United States. It's in my top ten. I loved it's it. It's my number one. I absolutely love it. Fury, Steve, all those. Jack, it's just insane. Jack, Jack, good. Jack, Jack, you're never. It's the weirdest, like, like I've never ridden any coaster like it. I don't know. I know. And I know that's, that's easy to say because like, it's the only one, but like, it is, it's mind blowing. I don't know. I, like, I can't I'm describe. Ex- this is how I'm, how I'm going into it. Is I'm expecting to have like, I'm expecting it's going to be something like X2 or if like, I know this is going to be good. And then I ride it and my mind is completely destroyed. I got off it. Cause I, you know, it was my 400th. I got off it and I was just like. It was the same reaction as X2 kind of was like, what on earth was that? Like, it was crazy. Uh, I remember getting off X2 and I just couldn't talk. And, and you know, they say minutes. that, like, they say it's a controlled spin, but we really <laughs> spun a lot. Like, we were spinning kind of out of control. It's, it's, it might be controlled, but it doesn't feel like it. it. I mean, Chris wrote it last summer, and then he wrote it again this summer, and 
I, every time I hear about it or see a picture of it, I just can't help but get more excited for it. So, it, it's amazing in the back. I, I also think it's like probably the most marathonable ride I've ever done. Oh yeah, I, I, you know, any usually spinning coasters and stuff make me at least a little bit dizzy or anything. It didn't do anything like that at all. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, like I'm not a huge fan of marathoning rides in the first place. I usually like to mix it up throughout the day more. But this is one of those rides that I can just ride 10 times in a row and never get bored and just be so happy every time I get off. Yeah, it was, it's incredible. Uh, y'all are just making me excited. <laughs> don't, don't be, di- like, if you're disappointed, don't be mad. <laughs> I- I'm, I'm nervous gonna, I'm about gonna that. Get in my I, car I, I, and I'm you gonna- know, of, of everybody that I've, I've talked to, like, I haven't heard one single person say they were disappointed by it. Not one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be disappointed by it. I mean, I, I don't know where it's going to end up in my rankings, but I don't think by any shape, form, or capacity am I going to be disappointed. Because, I mean, it, it still has the uniqueness factor to it. It's like it's two. There's nothing else like it anywhere around here. I mean, mm-hmm. and right now, anywhere around the world. So, yeah, uh, it, it, was, it was amazing. Okay, and this is a question I've actually been. Where do they shoot the fireworks off at? It's like um, any... it's it's over by Time Traveler because Time Traveler and Thunderation close for the fireworks. That's why we went back to um to Outlaw Run and we got a night ride on Outlaw Run with the fireworks going in the complete darkness. Oh, and it was sounds like in the front row. It was the most amazing ride I've ever had. I'm telling Did you, you, see the fireworks. Uh, when you come around, you can see them a little bit. You're going so fast, you're not really paying attention to them. Okay, so going off on like, so Dollywood, before Wildwood Grove was a thing, they shot the fireworks off back there. And you could, they would leave, they ran Wild Eagle during the fireworks. And so you could ride with the fireworks going off right over your head the entire time. Those are some of the best night rides I've ever had on any coaster because, I mean, you're literally riding a coaster, they're shooting fireworks off over your head. It's night rides with fireworks, I think, are just amazing in general but when the parks do them right it's insane yeah and it's, now uh, they've moved the they do a, they do a pretty time. good they do a pretty good show there actually well probably doesn't involve dolly singing no not at all <laughs> that's okay <laughs> uh the second day we were there while we were waiting for rope drop they play the national anthem and in the middle of the national anthem, an announcement came on, and it's like, "Please make sure you're social distancing and washing your hands." Like, and, and I heard like some lady behind me go, "Wow, is that disrespectful?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, but you're not wrong." That's 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 that's. I don't even know what to think of that. That's um, really... I was just I was amazed by like, like, and I'm not trying to sound horrible here, but like, you know, at the, a lot of the other parks, especially in in like areas that are very liberal, like your great adventures and your place like that, you see a lot of like um, apparel and things like rainbow flags and stuff like that. There was like none of that at Silver Dollar City. I don't know how Dollywood is with it, but like Silver Dollar City is the most, it, like I said, it's a phenomenal park in terms of that, but it was like the most like lily white park I've ever been to. Like in terms of, and I, I'm not trying to be offensive by saying that. I'm saying though, like there was like, no minorities there at all. It was crazy. Like, and I know, I know you're in Southern Missouri. I get it. I understand. But like, I was just, I was just, I was just surprised by that when you're pulling from like 
St. Louis, which is very diverse, Kansas City, which is very diverse, you know, Little Rock, which is very diverse. Like it was just that was the one thing that's I think surprised me the most. Because with Dollywood, you get a, a, a very good mix of, of different, you know, different peoples and things. And, yeah, and Dollywood definitely is diverse, especially yeah, for the area it's in. Um, right. Silver Dollar City was not at all. Yeah, I, Silver Dollar City, I feel like, almost embodies the exact, like, conservative southern park. That's, like, if we were, like, going political with, like, park rankings, that would be their title. Dollywood... As weird as it sounds, they pull in a lot of drag people because of Dolly, apparently. I know that from having been to really early mornings to get um, to get in to see Dolly do like an announcement. Some of the people are nuts. I th- I've told the stories before, but there was one year my dad got, got like passed by 90-year-olds on walkers because they were fighting to get to see Dolly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It was, and I, I remember I was standing at the door for Lightning Rod, and I just turn around, and from where I was standing, I could just see this like mob of people sprinting towards Celebrity Theater, all trying to get there first so they could get as close to possible as Dolly. I will tell you that Silver Dollar City's layout is very confusing. Um, yeah. You know, with, with with Dollywood, it's basically a big circle. With Silver mm-hmm. Dollar City, it's 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 extremely confusing. I mean, we're there for two days, and um. Luckily, Colin figured it out because, like, the other three of us could not figure it out. And, like, it was just – there's there's a lot of signs and things pointing you in different directions and lots of maps and stuff. But, like, even, like, having the map in front of me, like, on my phone where it tells you how to get from point A to point B, I still couldn't figure it out. It was very, very confusing. But it's – I guess it's part of the charm, too. It's a lot more up and down than Dollywood is, I'll say that. Yeah, Dollywood is just one giant hill. Yeah. I feel like – other parks I've been there are parks well, the thing I've is, been if, you, if you go if you go to the right at Dollywood it's a it's a gradual like uphill increase if you go to the left you're just walking up that big hill and then you're at the top mm-hmm. um Silver Dollar City is kind of like it's just very like I said it's very up and down um it's, when you first walk in you're going down no matter what like you're going either down to the left or down to the right you go down to the right you're going to Time Traveler and uh which is right by the entrance it's kind of like in the same area that Lightning Rod is for Dollywood it's like off to the right down a little bit um okay. it's right next time traveler thunderation are right next to each other and then if you go to the left you go to like wildfire and powder keg and all that stuff i will tell you that in addition to getting mystic river falls early get on powder keg early because that's it's only running one train and at half capacity and that was the one line we saw go crazy when we were there yeah that was the one line that got long when i went there but i did it closer to uh close and it had maybe like it had a station weight pretty much yeah the second time when we went out at the second time yeah it was a much it was much less but uh jack what days of the week are you going to be there uh we're there on a tuesday and a wednesday okay we were we were a saturday and sunday the saturday was decently busy and the sunday was absolutely nobody there yeah we were like let's do it in the middle of a week um so hopefully we can just get as much in as possible um I really, I mean, the whole, but we just keep coming back to it. The whole part. If you're going during, if you're going during the week, you're probably not going to be able to get night rides though. Cause it probably closes at eight, right? Oh, no, they, they're staying open until 10. Oh, okay, good. And I was like, that was like the big thing. I was like, are they going to be open late? Yes, they are. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Good. Um, which it was weird because they're staying open late, but Dollywood is not staying open late during the week this year, which is, I guess. Okay. But. Yeah, I'm hmm. definitely. Uh, we just keep coming back to Silver Dollar City. I'm get. I'm gonna have to get off and just go watch POVs and 
watch the countdown on my phone like scroll down some more but okay so we'll go, we're getting close to about an hour here so we'll go ahead and start wrapping it up so i've got a we've got like a few questions we tried to ask everyone we have on um, sure but we'll start with one i'm going to throw this one out do you have a favorite picture you've ever taken Ooh, <laughs> so the I don't know if it's favorite, but the like most memorable to me is that picture I have from Haunt in 2017 of actually it's 2016 of Diamondback at Sunset. Um, yeah, I know which one you're talking about because oh. that's the one that that it won me the CoasterCon photo contest that year, and that was kind of the picture that in my head like told me wow, you are good at this and you can do this. It kind of like cemented in my head that I, I, you know, wasn't um, just doing this, you know, in vain just because I wanted to do it kind of thing. And that I really, uh, you know, I was actually pretty good at it. And it kind of gave me the, the confidence to keep going with it and trying to get better at it and stuff like that. Um, so not necessarily my favorite one, but like definitely the one that means the most to me. And that I know I've told you that picture is one of like my all-time favorites because that's actually one of the pictures that got me interested in doing art roller coaster photography. So, yeah, the fact I hit on that that early in doing this was just dumb luck. Yeah, because it now it feels like it really has grown, especially in the last year. There feels like there's a ton of people starting to do it. The one yeah. thing I've noticed though is they all seem to like pick a park, and that's the park they do. Well, you know, granted though, some of them, like I said, I like mentoring the younger kids, and a lot of them can't really go to multiple parks, so they're gonna have to figure that out. And, and that's okay because like you have to kind of master your own park then, and and figure out okay, what do I know about this place that other people don't? Where can I get angles that other people don't know about? Kind of thing. So it it, it gives you a good challenge to start with. Oh yeah, but I mean. And you learn your home park. To sh- you learn to shoot your home park like the back of your hand eventually. Like Yeah, absolutely. I spent all day at Dollywood yesterday. I think I rode like four rides, and I spent the rest of the day taking pictures. But, I mean, you just learn where everything is. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going to Cedar Point tomorrow with the full intention of just taking pictures for a few hours. And if I ride something, great. But if not, I don't care. Yeah, that's, and that's one of those things. And that's also what I love about going to a park by myself because yesterday was actually the first time i've ever went to a park without someone that was weird for me but it was also really cool because it's oh i can totally what, just go when you're pace and shoot. I, I think when you're like when i would say when you're younger but i know like when i was a few years ago i would have thought no i can't go to a park by myself that's just weird and now it's like 90 percent of the time if i'm not at an event i'm by myself you know shooting pictures and stuff and i i don't care one bit <laughs> like yeah well it's one of those things that's like nice because I mean, like, my dad is always cool with me, like, going up, like, a slow pace and taking pictures, but it's always, like, of course he wants to ride stuff. So, like, so, like, sometimes, because I remember at, at, at CoasterCon, I remember he got pissed at you because he was, he was like, you do whatever you want. I'm going to ride. And he just got, like, angry yeah. out of nowhere. And I, was, I was like, all right. <laughs> I know. I was like, um, okay, calm down. You can Stop it, Karen. You know what's great is he is actually our editor in chief, so he listens to all of these. Oh, good! I hope that's awesome. <laughs> um, my dad listens to every episode to catch errors that I might not catch when I edit. So fantastic! <laughs> we love you, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I don't know if he's coming next week or not. Uh, we're that's like the day we get 
it back. I'm fully planning on being at Dollywood with y'all, but whatever, it's fine. I don't think we're gonna so, be there the whole day anyway. So, well, I'm gonna probably end up running up and taking pictures and riding lightning rods. So, but then we'll like we'll throw in the other question or the other two we ask. What's your bucket list coaster? What's like the number one you got to get and ride as soon as possible? Ejanica. After after X two, I I can't wait to ride that. It's and you know hopefully I want to uh, you know we're hoping to do Europe next summer and then I after that either Europe again or Japan. And if we can do Japan and I can ride that, I would be a happy person. It looks. I mean, I'm with you. After riding X two, Ejanica is like you've got you've got to go ride it as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean it's. Like I said, X2 blew me away, and it, it just riding something that's even better and more intense, it just, I can't wait. And that's the thing, it's like, I don't understand, like, X2 just, I thought it was super intense, and it was, in my opinion, it was actually decently smooth. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't as bad as I thought people said it was. And, I mean, I, I didn't, mean, I didn't think it was bad at all, and then I looked at your dad's legs, though. <laughs> my dad's destroyed. legs were just flopping i re- that was he hates that ride <laughs> um and then the last one this we ask everyone um favorite coaster um steel vengeance is still my number one um i just it's one of those like it just has everything that i like about coasters in it um the problem i have with steel vengeance more is that like you can't get on it without waiting forever at this point. Um, yeah. And then real close right behind that is X2. Yeah, X2 Bob. is like, oh, this is insane. I don't know. If there, there really is nothing to describe it. Like that's If I could go, if I could go to Cali them. and only ride one coaster, it would be X2. The X2. For yeah, sure. I, I mean... I would totally hop the on only thing, the only thing for it. Of... You know, of all the coasters that we rode at CoasterCon and stuff, I mean, other than X2, only, like, Twisted Colossus and Ghost Rider and maybe, like, Tatsu were the ones that, like, I liked almost as much as X2, but... Yeah, Twisted Colossus was good, Ghost Rider was good, but X2 was, like, the crown jewel of that entire trip. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this was... I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I thought, like, Magic Mountain, they had, like, a really good two or three, and then the rest of them just kind of fell off from there yeah the back half of their lineup's pretty trash but it's, it's I, a typical I, I mean line. but we we hit the greatest days you could possibly be there remember it was so dead it was like 75 degrees and degrees. sunny it was yeah it was like amazing oh we it was, that was crazy and i still remember that first night we were walking up that hill and we were about ready to pass out from walking up that hill yeah because we thought we didn't need to take the stupid Honda thing, and um, yeah, that Honda, was, what was it called? The Honda the help, helper, help, help, <laughs> Honda Express. Yes. And then I remember on, when we were doing our behind the scenes tours, like, oh, we we're going to give you all a ride up on the helpful Honda Express, and we get over there, and it's broken down. Yeah, brilliant. But yeah, so yeah, definitely, it's still Steel Vengeance, but I mean, X Two is right there. Yeah, and I need to get back on Steel Vengeance. The last ride I had on it was disappointing it's so it's so temperamental like depending on what time of day you ride it on how full the train is how hard the the thing's hitting it's just it's it's crazy yeah i got I, I rode it back in 2018 um right after it had opened i think i rode it like three weeks after it opened 
and then wrote it again in 2019. And I was like, it was it was okay, it was good. It wasn't as crazy as I remember it being. And then yeah, so I we, mean, I, I in my head I was sitting there going, okay, you know what, um, you know what coaster at some point is going to pass Steel Vengeance, and I think that. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I go to Europe next year, it could be Zadra, could be Wildfire, you know, one of those. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, Chris, do you have anything you want to add? Nah, I'm good. You, you've just been enjoying this conversation. I've just you? been listening, which is fine by me. So awesome. Well, Bob, thank you for coming on. I, oh, I absolutely. Fun. Thanks it, for having me. This felt like, just like one of our normal conversations and we just put a microphone in front of us instead yeah you know that's typically what it is so <laughs> that's that's how i did the podcast works it's like what is our weekly conversation and then we just record it instead of just having a conversation so mm-hmm. well bob thank you for coming on um sure. i think in the next we've got another set of guests lined up in the next week or two we're excited about um and then we also have Oh, yeah, we got to plug Bob's stuff. Thank you for Ryan and Chris. Bob, uh, go ahead, plug all your stuff so people know where to find you if they don't already know or somehow, if they're somehow not following you. Yeah, Instagram at BK Photo Page. Uh, Facebook is BK Photo Page Photography. And then uh, Twitter is at Bob's Coaster Blog. Yeah, go give him some love. Uh, your pictures are always fantastic. Um, and I mean, People don't, you don't get it from social media, but Bob, you, I mean, you're just a really nice guy, and I love hanging out with you at parks. So, I appreciate it. I know my dad, my dad has this list of people that he's like, I don't like hanging out with these people, and I'm happy to say you are not on that list. That's good. <laughs> so, because I, I hear about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will, I will be now after after he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get the link from me tonight, and it's just gonna say have fun (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you for coming on um we'll be back next week i'll be in missouri we're still gonna do an episode i think but we're looking forward to it so thank you all for listening and we will talk to you next week thanks for listening to the twisted travelers podcast